by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. All right, well, uh, there was a lady named Lynn Anderson, and she talked about about 400 years ago, some people crossed the ocean to come over here, right? They braved the raging seas to come across to America. She said the first year they built a little town. The second year they came up with a government to govern themselves. The third year the government said, we're going to build a road into the wilderness five miles long. And they were going to begin to explore America. The fourth year, the people tried to impeach the government for not spending their money wisely and trying to build a road into the wilderness. She said the people came 3,000 miles across the ocean. The courage to have a vision and to do something, but then they got there, and just a short while later, they got comfortable and they couldn't see themselves going five miles further. Vision is something that we have to stir up. We have our vision written on the wall here, don't we? Well, that's why, because you write it, you make it plain. We got to uh, remind ourselves of what we're trying to accomplish. But Bill was talking about reminding ourselves of our why. That's our why right there. We love God as people, his purposes. That's why we do everything that we do. If you have a question about what this church is trying to accomplish, look on these banners. That's what we're doing. That's who we are. That's where we're going. That's why we do it. And that's how we do it back there. So we got to keep our vision before us. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now he's not just talking about your natural vision. He's talking about what you can see in your heart. Because if, if you lose sight in your heart, you'll languish and you'll perish. You'll, you'll lose hope. You'll lose drive. You won't even venture the first five miles into the journey that God has for you. We've got to have a vision in our heart. You may remember the father of many nations, the father of our faith, Abraham. Before he was called Abraham, he was Abram. And he uh, was following his father, Terah, I think his name was, and they lived in a, they stopped. God had wanted Terah to get to the promised land, but Terah never made it. He stopped short in Haran. Well, he died there, and God called Abram to go further. Now, I imagine at 75 years old, Abram is thinking, wait a minute now, I've got my heart set on something else. I'll, I got my 401k I'm about to cash in. I'm fixing to retire. I'm already a rich man. 
why go any further? Why don't I, we, you know, why don't we just stay here? This is what I can see for myself. But God had a plan. He said, Abram, I want you to go to a land that I will show you. And so Abram did the best thing anybody can do is say yes to God. He didn't understand. God didn't show him the end from the beginning. He didn't say this is where we're ultimately go. He said, go to a place that I will show you. And Abram had enough faith and courage to say, I'm going to walk with God. I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle. How many of y'all think God just wants you to settle? That doesn't even seem like God's character, does it? Isn't God always calling you to go further, to do more? That's because he believes in you. And he knows that you'll perish without a vision. You can't sit still in God. So God called Abram out. And then the first thing he began to do was say, Abram, we're going to have to expand your thinking. We're going to have to get an imprint of my plan in your heart. And in Genesis 13, 14, it says, After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction. North and south and east and west. I'm giving you all this land as far as you can see. You see, if you can't see it, you can't be it. If you can't get a middle image in your heart, it won't belong to you. But God said, open your eyes and look in every direction. As far as you can see, he said, to you and your descendants, it will be a permanent possession. You see, your descendants are at play here. Some of you say, well, I'm just happy where I'm at. I'm quitting here. God said, wait a minute. What about your descendants? What about the generations behind you? He said, I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Man, he paints a picture, doesn't he? Doesn't God have a way of painting... You can't count dust. But God is showing him, look, you're going to have a lot of descendants. He put it in a way that Abram could get a mental picture. He said, go walk through the land in every direction for I'm giving it to you. Go walk and think about what I'm telling you. Go establish this picture in your heart. God is always wanting us to go for a walk, it seems like to me. Genesis 15, 5, he took him a little deeper. Then the Lord took Abram outside and he said to him, look up in the sky. Amen. He had him look every direction. Now he's saying, look up and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Now I know when we look at the stars here in South Haven or Horn Lake, we're often in a city environment. And there's lights everywhere and a glow over the city. And we maybe just see a, a layer. It's still beautiful. It's still awesome. But have you ever been away from the city lights and blackness of night and the moon's not out that night? You can just see layers of stars that you never knew existed. And they just don't stop. 
And there's things going on behind the scenes, so to speak, in your life. And God is trying to get you to be still and to see, to look up. And to believe that God is trying to create something in you so that he can do something through you. He's trying to get you to see it so you can be it. God has a plan for your life, and it's not sitting back griping about the government. They want to go five miles out in the wilderness. God has to change our mindset if he's going to change our outcome. You know, our minds will get set. Our minds st- tend to stay at rest until some, something exerts force on them. Our minds will get set whether it's a good mindset or it's a bad mindset. But we have to change our mindset if we're going to change our outcome. We get stuck in the wrong mindset and we live distorted versions of who God created us to be. And you say, yeah, they sure do. I've seen those people. Man, don't they know they could do more in life. And God's trying to wake you up right now and say, hey, this sermon's for you. (laughs) We're all distorted versions of who we were created to be. But God still speaks. Praise the Lord. He's impatient. Praise the Lord. You know, the the battle for who you're created to be is not primarily won between the goalpost. It's won between your ears. You can't win on the field unless you win on the inside. The battle is in the mind. If he can change your thinking, he can change your direction. But we can't be set in our mindset. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We will never go beyond the length of our imagination. Are you hearing me? We won't go beyond what we can we can comprehend what by faith we can receive. I'm trying, I'm trying to tell some people that your thinking is stinking. You're setting the bar too low for what God has for your life. And you're arguing with me. I can hear you. You're arguing with me, but he don't know what I've been through. I'm doing good just to be here, blah, 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 blah. God is trying to talk to you today. Wake up. You're not arguing with me. You're arguing with yourself. So I want to give a shout out to all my friends having an identity crisis. And you know who you are. No, you don't know who you are. That's the problem. (laughs) I thought we might need a little humor there. Okay. (laughs) 
I've told y'all a, a thousand times about how I, I became a singer, right? Because nobody else in my little band when I was 15 years old knew how to sing and play at the same time. <laughs> and everybody knew after hearing me sing, we're going to have to get a singer. <laughs> and so we would try to get a singer, but we weren't good enough to have anybody want to sing for us. So as we progressed, it just kept on going until one day, I, everybody said, I guess you're the singer. And so, over time, I tried so hard to be a singer. I, you know, if I hold my voice just right, I can stay on key, and I can, but you know, some of you are saying, you don't sing that bad, Pastor. I've heard you, and some of you are saying, yeah, you're right, Pastor. <laughs> Amen, Pastor. <laughs> okay, so, so maybe I can get by singing. But you know, people who are given a gift, they don't have to get by. They don't have to struggle for 40 years like I have sing, trying to just make it so that I can get by singing. When they open their mouth, something beautiful comes out. It's a gift. Amen. Right? I tell you at the, the Next Step program on, on the second Sunday when we take the spiritual gifts test, I tell you the things you score high on like the sevens, eights, and nines, that is confirming to you that that is a gift God has given you. That's what you should work on. Because if God gave you gifts in that area, that's what he plans on you using. I said, I know if you're like me, a lot of you are going to want to take those three, fours, and fives and get better at them. Because I wanted to be a jack of all trades, you know. But I was a master of none. If God didn't give me the gifts, then he don't want me to spend all my time trying to develop something he didn't give me. And that's what I did, singing. Okay, God still uses it. Maybe. <laughs> Some of you are probably saying, let somebody else use it. But we got to ask ourselves the right questions in life. Not, what do I want to be? But who was I made to be? Have you ever asked yourself the right question? Because some of us are striving at something we thought we wanted to be, but it ain't coming to us. Maybe it's because it's not what we were intended to be. And if we would ask ourselves the right question, what does God want me to be? If we would ask that question of God, He would reveal it to us. Who did God make me? Y'all know the actress Lily Tomlin? It's probably before some of y'all's time. She has a quote. She says, I always wanted to be somebody. Maybe I should have been more specific. <laughs> you know, we're not very specific sometimes when it comes to our own lives. We'll sit and think about some video we saw on TikTok for hours. But we won't spend five minutes trying to ask ourselves what God created us to be. We'll work at a job for 40, 50 years and give our whole life to it. Never once stop and say, is this what God wanted for me? And then poof, most of your life is gone. I'm trying to get somebody to open their mind today. If we're going to do God-sized things, we're going to have to have God-sized thinking. 
we have a men's group, that, life group, that I just uh, led this last semester, which ended this week. We had some awesome meetings. One time we was meeting at Backyard Burgers, and we were discussing something else, and it was a small group that night, and, and we were going around table talking. And as they talked, the Lord just put it in my heart, these guys are believing too small. They're just settling. And, and it, God put it on my heart to ask them the blue sky question. You say, Pastor, what's the blue sky question? That's something Pastor Vickers asked me one time, and it stuck with me, and I knew it was a good question. And the blue sky question goes like this. If you were to take off all reasonable limits, excuses, things that we say why I can't be who I'm called to be or want to be, finances, time, you know, my family, my history, all these, all the things that we allow to define us and to, to keep us in bondage. If we were to just say, I'm not thinking about all that right now. What I'm thinking about is, what do I want to do with my life? If I could have my blue sky picture, if, if, if I could have the job that I wanted. Oh, I know your boss says that. No, I don't care what your boss says. What do you, what, what would be your dream? Well, they went around, and I got a little response, you know, like, they were, they were reasonable. They weren't like, you know, I want to fly to the moon or something. They were like, well, if I could just get a camper and a truck, you know, have a vacation every now and then, or if I could do this. But you know what? To them, that's a huge leap of possibility. And then when they finished saying the things that they would really like to do in life, I said, what does the Bible say? All things are possible to him who believes. The cap that we hold ourselves down with is our, the limitations within us that, that we put on our own life. But what if we took it off? What if we went for the blue sky? What if, like, God told Abram, we look up! Nobody who has ever lived a great life just simply fell into it. They all have life to deal with. The difference in successful folk and unsuccessful folk is the mindset. You can go in certain regions of the world and the mindset is the same. It's like depression over here. You can go in certain parts of Memphis, say, and it's like, oh, Lord. You can feel the mindset. But that's part of being free, is being free to believe that all things are possible. Then the second life group that I remember was when I asked him, if Jesus walked into the room tonight and he was to speak with you personally about the rest of your life, what would he tell you?
Some of them have started out with, well, I believe he'd tell me to read the word more. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. And then somebody else said, yeah, I, would, I believe I would read, he would tell me to read the word more. And, it, and they began to preach to me as they went around the room about what they believed God would say to them. And the theme was is they were to, to a place in their life where they were saying, I believe that God wants to walk with me day by day. They were to the point like Abram where he said, yes, I will go into the land you will show me. They didn't have the answers at the end, but they knew how to solve the mystery and it is to walk with Jesus and read his word day by day. What would God say to you? Do you have to know where you're going? Or is it enough just to know that I'm going with God? I don't know. You remember when Jesus was walking through Jericho and blind Bartimaeus was over on the side of the road hollering out? They were trying to get him to be quiet and he was saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He couldn't see Jesus, but he just knew he was coming by. And, and, and then Jesus said, hold up a minute. Let me go over here. And they brought blind Bartimaeus over. And Jesus could tell he was blind. Jesus wasn't blind. But he asked blind Bart, what can I do for you? Well, everybody's like, what do you think, Jesus? His whole life is messed up because he can't see. He's over there begging. He, he, wants to, he wanted to be able to see. But why did Jesus ask him that question? Jesus was like, my blind little buddy, what can you see for yourself? Because, see, Jesus typically only gives us what we have the faith to believe for. What if blind Bart had no faith? He's like, I know you can't make me see, but if you could give me a few dollars just to make it through the day. You think that's setting the bar too low for Jesus? Well, what about how you're setting the bar for Jesus in your life? Why are you afraid? Sometimes I go to the jail and I preach and I'll just start off like this. What if? Look at your neighbor and say, what if? I go to the jail I say, what if? What if you came in here tonight thinking that you're just going through the motions, you just wanted to get out of the pod, you wanted to elbow your buddy and tell a joke or something, and you thought you just came in here some stale Bible study of some sort. But what if you came in here tonight and God wants to radically change the rest of your life and you're going to walk out of here completely different than when you got here? What if? See, God has helped me to be an inspirer, an encourager like Barnabas to help open people's eyes to see that there's more. And he wants to use you in the same direction. 
We're supposed to be encouraging others to say what if. What if? What if you're in that yellow jumpsuit right now because you've listened to the wrong voices? What if God still loves you despite the mistakes you've made? What if there is a solution to your sin problem? What if? What if you could leave here freer than you have ever been, even though you're still in those yellow jumpsuits? What voices have you been listening to that got you here? Who told you you were naked? To go back to Genesis. What voices have you been listening to? I'm here to tell you that the voice of truth can set you free. The voice of truth. You can leave here completely free tonight, but you have to receive it. You have to have the capacity to say, yep, I believe it. The Bible says in James that that the Scriptures, the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God, it's like looking into a mirror. Now, he says you look in there and you see what manner of man you ought to be. In other words, you find yourself in the pages of Scripture. James says when you look into this Word, you begin to discover who God created you to be. The Word begins to set you free from all the distractions and the, the, the wrong things, and it begins to get your life on track. And you begin to find out who you are in Christ, in the Word of God. Now, he says that if you don't do the Word of God, then it's like walking away and forgetting who you were supposed to be. But what if somebody looked into the perfect law of liberty and saw who they were and believed it and acted on it and continued to walk with the Lord? You would become who you were created to be. That, my friends, is the recipe. It's so frustrating. I know the limits I have on my life. I get mad at myself, but, but I see people struggling, living in darkness and sin, And you just want to shake them. You know what I'm saying? You want to, dude, you do not have to live like this. You do not have to live like this. Your, your whole world could be changed just by a simple change in your mind. If I could get you to see, they're trapped in a flawed mindset. And Titus 1.15 says, Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds. You know, God's got a lot to say about our minds. He says their minds and their consciences are corrupted. They have done wrong so long that their consciences don't even work anymore. 
and their minds are darkened. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says Satan, who is the, the god of this world, in other words, he's in control of all the flawed systems that we have allowed him to, to weave into the society. Satan, who is the little g-god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. What is he after? Your mind. He wants you to stay blind. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. You see, he wants you in darkness so you can't see the light. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. They can't even receive the gospel because he's blinded their minds. And Ephesians 4.18 says, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from life. What's, what's far from life but death? God, they wander far from the life God gives them because they closed their minds and hardened their hearts against them. In Isaiah 44, 18, Isaiah says, such stupidity and ignorance. Ignorance just means you don't know, but stupid means you don't know and don't care. Such stupidity and ignorance. Their eyes are closed and they cannot see. Their minds are shut and they cannot think. Is it because some people in life, you know, they're destined for debauchery? You can tell those people. That's the way, man, they, they're drug addicts. They're this. They're, their life doesn't matter. There's nothing you can do for them. Why do I talk like I'm on Mayberry? <laughs> it's me, it's me, it's Ernest T. I don't know. Those people, you know what I'm saying? Those people. But there's this other group of people. We'd rather associate with them. They have peace and joy and, and prosperity in their lives. Well, sure, I'd rather be over in that pile but you know what? There's not two classes of people like that. The only difference is the mindset. God would, would do anything to open their eyes. That the eyes of their understanding might be enlightened. That they may know the hope of their calling. God wants us all to know the hope of our calling and to come out from among them and be separate and think from yourself. Yes. And let the, stop the devil from controlling your mind. Yes. Yes. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Very familiar scripture. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. You know, even after we're born again, 
We have a sin nature to deal with. We won't always have that, but down here. But if we let that continue to control us, even after we pledged in baptism, that we, were, we buried that old man, and we were resurrected anew, and we pledged to follow Jesus. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit, with a capital S, that means the Holy Spirit, control your mind leads to life. It's not a walking away from life, but it's a coming to life. Life and peace. And isn't that what we need? Isn't that what you want in your life? Please. Ask God to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life and then follow the Holy Spirit as He leads you into life and peace. Listen to the voice of truth. And be free. What could God do with the rest of your life if you took him at his word? That's my men's group question to y'all today. Even for the ladies. What could God do with the rest of your life if you took him at his word? If you took off the limits that you have put on God and give him complete control. Can you even imagine? It's time we opened up the possibilities that lay dormant because of our self-imposed limits in our own minds. Jesus told a parable about two sons. He said, the father asked this one boy, said, would you go work in the vineyard today? And the boy says, no, nah, I don't want to, Dad. But then later on, he felt guilty about it. He felt remorse. He said, I'll go. And so he went. He asked the other boy, will you go work in the vineyard today? And the boy said, yeah, I'll go. He told Daddy what he wanted to hear, but he didn't go. And then Jesus said, which one of these two do you think did the will of the Father? And they said, the one who didn't want to go, but he went later. Which one are you in this story? It don't matter which one you are in this story. The, 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 both of them have the option to, to repent and to go. You're blessed and you're going. And to do what the Father's will is in your life. Psalms 84, 5 says, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. Who have, their, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. They're journeying home. They're journeying on a trip that leads to Jesus. They've got their minds set on their godly purpose in this life they're pilgrimaging to jerusalem say that three times real fast <laughs> what joy that if you set your mind on getting across to the other side first corinthians 2 16 says 
For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things. Say these things. For we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? Well, it's written down right here. We have the mind of Christ living on the inside of us. This written word along with this rhema on the inside of us that tells us, yes, this is true and this is how it applies to you. The Holy Spirit that helps us, uh, the Spirit of God that interprets the spiritual words of God in our life. We have the mind of Christ. You say, well, I didn't do very well at school. I'm not all that brilliant. All this and that, that's one of your excuses. You have everything that you need. So what are these things? We don't we we understand these things. We need the mind of Christ to understand these things. Can anybody tell me what these things are? Because it would be important for me to know what are these things that I'm supposed to understand. So what I did was I didn't just take a verse out of context. I went back and read before the verse. I went back to, ch to verse 9. And it says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You say, I can't know all the things God has prepared for me. Well, it says you have the mind of Christ and you can know these things. God wants you to know what's possible. It ain't even entered into your heart yet. Your mind hadn't grasped what God wants for you. But if you'll stay in his word, he will reveal these things to you. You say, how do I... I want this, Pastor. How do I accelerate this in my life? How do I, how do, I don't want to just, you know, forget about this this week and next week you be preaching something else and I, and I don't remember this. How do I begin to make this work in my life? Well, cry out. Yeah. Psalms 119, 169 says, Oh, Lord, listen to my cry. Give me the discerning mind you promised. He promised you a discerning mind. That you may know the way to go. God wants to talk to you. He wants to tell you who you are. What else can I do? What else can I do? Well, then I thought about the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Jesus has been crucified and put in a tomb. And then the, they can't find his body. And these two disciples are walking on the road to Emmaus, and they're like, man, we thought he was the one. We thought Jesus was the Messiah, but now they don't even know what's happened to him. They crucified him. And then Jesus himself shows up and begins to walk with them. You know, that's a good thing when Jesus walks with you. He begins to show them. Where does he show them? In the Scriptures. All things that were written. And they begin to listen. They didn't recognize him. They didn't know who he was. 
But when he made like he was going to go on farther, they said, no, it's, it's late in the afternoon. Come into our house. We'll feed you. We'll put you up. You don't need to go. They just wanted to be with him. And so he said, okay. And he came in, and it says when he broke bread, their eyes were opened. That's what we're talking about. Your eyes being open. That's what we're talking about. If you'll walk with Jesus, you'll sup with Jesus. You'll ask Jesus to stay at your house. You won't say, well, Jesus, I got some things going on in my house so you don't need to see. <laughs> well, whatever it is you got in your house, he don't need to see. You don't need it in your house. Come on, come on right on in, Jesus. Let's break bread together. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us? Oh, you want your heart to be a flame of fire? You want to be excited about life? You want your heart to burn within you? Then you walk and you talk and you discuss the scriptures with Jesus and you break bread with the Son of glory yeah. in your life. Hallelujah! That's how winning is done. It's walking with the winner, the champion of our faith. Woo and then, then when he broke bread, he disappeared. And they said, man, we got to go back to Jerusalem. They just walked seven miles. They got up and got their stick and started walking again. They was excited. And when they got to Jerusalem and the other disciples, they began to tell them, Jesus appeared to us on the road. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appeared to all the disciples. And then they believed. Do you believe this? Do you believe that he's resurrected? If you believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, then believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in your life. You're not some dead corpse. You're a living stone in the church of the living God. And all things are possible. They believed in Luke 24, 45. It says, then he opened their minds. See, that's where the battle is. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, to understand who they were. And from that point forward, these 12 fishermen and tax collectors and nobodies shook up the world. Amen. They began to understand who they are in Christ. Yes. And the resurrection changed them from the inside out. The best version of us, of who we were created to be, will be in heaven. When we see him, we'll be like him. We'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. But there's so much of that we could live on this side. There's so much of it we could live on this side if we could believe. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. That's your real life. Are you living your real life? What if you're trying to be a singer and you can't sing? Oh, the joy 
of those who had their minds set on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. What I want to do today as we close, if I have any authority in your life as your pastor, or if I am your pastor, is I want to give you permission to have been wrong. It's okay. If you're not living your best life and you're not in your call and you're just existing and you're just going through the motions and you're thinking this is all there is, I want to give you permission to be wrong about that and to ask this question what if what if if you're here today you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior man I'd hop to my feet and run to this altar so quick and simply tell him Jesus I'm sorry for my sins I believe you died on the cross and you, you gave your life for me to pay for my sins and I receive that forgiveness. I want a relationship with you. I want life. I want to be going towards life. I'm tired of walking away from life into death. I want to be spiritually minded where there's life and peace. If that's you, just ask him right now. Say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I give you everything. I, I just surrender. I may not know all the right words or whatever, but what my heart is feeling is I need you. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. And if you're here today and Jesus is the Lord of your life, but you just find yourself at a plateau or in a rut or you're stuck and your mind is, is tempting you to just say, this is just where it is, this is the way it'll always be. I want you to remember Tony and Denise just moved to a new house. I want you to remember that God called Abram at 75 years old to go to a place I will show you. Because of his obedience, God painted a picture of a new, not just an Abram, but an Abraham who would be the father of many nations. Moses wasn't called by the burning, God in the burning bush until he was 80 years old. If you have told God that you'll go into the vineyard, but you didn't go, well, today you can go. You just have to be like that one son that said, no, I need to go. I told Father I wouldn't go. Maybe some of you are so set on some, some little something in your life. And I'm telling you, you're set on, setting the bar way too low for what God wants to do with the rest of these seconds that belong to your life. Are you listening? Don't set the bar too low. We don't even know what God wants to do. But we know it is bigger than we can think or imagine. And we know that we have the mind of Christ if we will walk it out with Him. Trust in the Lord. And I want you, if you once were baptized in the Holy Ghost, 
evidence of speaking in tongues and, and the spiritual gifts operating in your life, but you've let those things fall dormant. And you've said it's just easier not to be a radical Christian. It's just easier just to fit in. I'm telling you, you were not created to fit in. You were created to stand out. And you need the Holy Ghost. He loves you and He confirms the truth of God. And He helps you understand the Word of God. And He will help you do supernatural things. He will put His super on your natural. And that's who you're, That's the things that you're going to finish your life strong with. Supernatural. Believe God for it. Ask the Holy Spirit to forgive you for neglecting Him. Give Him first place in your life. We do these things. We shall see the glory of the Lord. And if we do these things as a church together, we will accomplish these banners. I believe in you, but that doesn't matter near as much as do you believe in God in you? Do you believe He can do these things? He can. Oh, He can. And this is the first day of something that's about to get really good. Father, we thank You for expanding our vision, expanding our horizons to help us to look up and to see the glory of God in our lives. We belong to you. We are kings and priests and to God our Father. We are more than we can imagine or think. And we trust you in this. God's saying, what would, I, what would you want me to do for you, blind Bart? You say, God, I want to see. Well, if you want to see, get up from where you're sitting and, and follow the Lord. After he gave blind Bartimaeus his sight, it said blind Bart became part of the entourage and he walked with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From sitting in a, in a ditch on the side of the road to walking with Jesus, it starts now. Father, we thank you for doing that for each one of us. There's not two classes of people. There's nobody here destined for debauchery. There's nobody here that can't have life and life more abundantly. Help us change our mindset. We set it on you. In Jesus' name, amen. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.